You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about reader discussion guides and solving foreign language book problems. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Um... What am I reading? Oh, I'm reading a book that I believe you've read, or if not, you have. it has been recommended to you for sure. It is a buzzy book this year. It's called Catherine House by Elizabeth Thomas. Yes, I have read it. Yes, it's good. It's good. It is. So I feel like it's going to fall into the um, wheelhouses of certain people who listen to this show because it has oh, for sure. a boarding school feel. Now, the, the it's not a boarding school technically because it is about a school that's in the middle of rural nowhere and um it is for gra- people who've already graduated high school um so it's like a three-year college kind of thing but it's very secretive and no one goes it's called Catherine house no one knows what goes on inside of it um the uh the school is very secretive but the people who come out of it always end up being these huge politicians or these famous authors or whatever like these huge influential people um and it is did you already talk about it on the show am i just repeating what you've said i don't know i don't remember i don't think I, you did we, we're in i think we're in like a post max fun drive fugue where i don't i truly don't remember i remember talking to you about it but i don't remember if it was on the show or not okay i really liked it yeah I yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> i'm 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 almost done with it and it's um and it's just basically about this this uh girl who's going who went there and like she has like a dark past oh and while you're there you can't like read magazines or watch tv or do anything or Leave. Or leave or contact the outside world. And there's something a little bit weirdly science fiction-y happening there, but you don't know too much about that. Um, and it's a, it centers around this uh, this woman named Inez. And Inez is, um, uh, she has like a dark kind of past that she came with that she's been sort of hiding from. And she's here at Catherine School. Uh, Catherine House, Catherine School. Uh, Learning um, how to be a Catherine. And, um, you know, making friends. And it's kind of just this kind of interesting story about, like, her going through this and discovering some of the secrets, but also, like... You know, figuring out herself. It's it's very dark. It's kind of, it's gothic. I apparently am on a gothic kick right now. Um, it is very gothic. It's like a good read alike for Ninth House. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because she's kind of an outsider. Although everyone who goes to Catherine House is kind of an outsider in some ways, which is sort of interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, what are you reading, Mallory? I am also reading a gothic-y sort of deal. You can tell we're like gearing up for Halloween season. Um, I am reading Things in Jars by Jess Kidd, uh, who is one of those authors that when I bought this book, I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. And I didn't realize I also own her other book, which is a thriller. (laughs) I haven't read it yet. It's in my mystery section. Uh, But Things in Jars is, it's like a fantastical gothic-y novel that that takes place in Victorian England about this lady detective. So this is also going to tick off a bunch of folks boxes so it's victorian england lady detective and she is charged with finding uh this girl that has been kidnapped but right away you find out that this girl is like some sort of you don't know if it's like she's a supernatural being or what um but the lady detective and she's got red hair and she smokes a pipe and she doesn't take any shit and she has this uh person who is helping her who's a ghost uh so it's like it's like a little bit fantastical and it's like you know gaslit victorian england and it's just like it's a really good book i know like it's august it's hot as fuck here in la it's it definitely i should probably should have waited until we were like going into fall but i'm really really enjoying it so far it's very evocative it's a lot of fun um her maid is this like seven foot tall badass woman uh, so it's just like has a really fun ca- cast of characters and yeah, it's a, it's, it's really, 
it's a really interesting book. And it, if you're like get ready to getting like pre Halloweening, this I think both of these books are, are good for that. So that's pre Halloweening. <laughs> uh, this is Things in Jars by Jess Kidd. And mine is Catherine House by Elizabeth Thomas. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Kaylee wrote in with a hot book tip. Wow, wow. Hot book hot tip. Book it's tip. 8 a.m. It's time for a hot book tip. <laughs> I know. We were recording this, ep- this episode extra early today. Uh, so Kaylee wrote in, just like everyone else, I had thought this period of quarantine would be a huge chance for productivity. I'm an amateur novelist and had envisioned using all this time to write and complete partially written novels. Not the case. <laughs> Finding like a lot of us are like, oh, wow, I haven't learned a new language and learned how to play the ukulele. <laughs> wow. Why, what is happening to me? Um, just being in a cycle of frustration is no good, so I decided to change it up by reading books about writing instead of forcing myself to write. Mm. By reading these books, I feel like I'm doing something to improve my craft without the anxiety about not being the productivity god I had imagined myself to be. I thought this could apply to other hobbies too, especially if others are having similar trouble focusing on them. Reading about something you're already passionate about uh, is a good escape, and it makes you feel productive at the same time. P.S. Every time I wrote the words hot book tip, Bria's little sound effect played in my mind. Wow, wow. <laughs> I think this is a great tip, Kaylee. I will say, this is awesome. I do this, this is great for quarantine specifically, but I do this a lot when I am having anxiety about a project that's coming up, but I know I need to take my brain off of it. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go write something or direct something about space. I'll go read like a space fiction or nonfiction book or something like that, and it will get me in that that mode, you know? So I feel like I'm doing work and my brain, but my brain can relax for a second. Yeah, this is a great tip. Christine wrote in about reading snacks, something we love. First, I want to let you know that I'm a big fan of chips and reading. I like veggie chips. We do chips. have, the chip folks are definitely coming out of the woodwork. The chip <laughs> contingent is 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 strong. We they come out, but they're very loud about it. They're loud. They're like crunching the whole way. <laughs> I like veggie chips because they are healthier and far less greasy than regular chips, making them a decent reading snack. The only problem with chips being a reading snack is that it's really easy to eat the whole bag in one sitting. I also wanted to share that my mother-in-law's very strange go-to book snack is spaghetti. That is very strange. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a Lady in the Tramp kind of scene with this with Christine's uh, mother-in-law, like the like a t- Italian music is playing and she's sitting in the alleyway. But instead of being a, a person being across from her, it's a book, and yeah. they're both sharing one strand of spaghetti. Yeah, my mother-in-law loves to read during a meal, but I always found it amusing that she chose one of the messiest meals in existence to eat while eat while reading. Despite what you think, her books are not covered in sauce. I don't know how she does it, but she keeps her books relatively clean. Though she does completely destroy the spines and bindings to lay the book book open flat on the table. You need to get this lady a book weight. I know, and I will Present. say. I just, I don't, inv- I never think of spaghetti as something one wants to eat all the time. It seems like this is a lot of spaghetti to eat. I know. I would get tired of it too. I do think, um, I think, I do think my, my boyfriend would love to eat spaghetti all the time if he could. He would eat it for every meal. <laughs> I have never, I can't, I didn't know John loves spaghetti. Yeah, he does. It's a real like, very, he, but he doesn't like too to much me. sauce. He likes little plain foods. So that's, that's <laughs> in that category. That's very funny to me. All right, so we have some bookmarks this week. First off, we want to thank you folks so much for putting up with and supporting the ever-loving hell out of us during the Maximum Fun Drive. Yeah, everyone's been so nice. Everyone has been nice in the Slack channel. Everyone's been nice in the live streams. Everyone has been nice by joining. We really appreciate it. Uh, We're having to pre-record this, so we can't give you our final number, but we will put it up somewhere. 
Yeah, we're really, really excited. We had a lot of fun doing all the events. We're so excited about all the stuff folks unlocked, all the events, the Slack channel. I'm not super stoked about the Bible, but it's one of those things that I really did need, really needed to do. Uh, and we've been trying we've been trying to earn that one for three years. So I'm happy that we're finally there. We did it. Although next year for the drive, we're gonna have to think of a whole bunch of new stuff. I know, I know. We really y'all went all out this year, and we really appreciate it. At the beginning of quarantine. People kept asking, how can we support you? How can we make sure that you're you're still doing reading glasses? And y'all really came through. This was the way. And everyone yeah. really was very supportive and kind. Thank you. And so uh, speaking of support, we have another very exciting bookmark for Miss Bray Grant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have um, a, a graphic novel coming out. Um, I spoke about it a couple weeks ago, but um, it's called Mary. I think you can look up my name and it might be easier to pre-order we'll put the pre-order pre-order um link in the show notes from bookshop uh also you can also pre-order it from amazon if that's your place of choice um it's a it's a uh, graphic novel i've been working on i've been working on the physical graphic novel for over two years i had the pitch about three or four years ago before we started the show i was pitching this as a tv yeah, I remember. show yeah and um I remember you sent me the, like, the deck for it. Yeah, and I, so I was pitching it as a TV show, um, and then a friend of ours uh, started working at a comic book company and was like, do you have any YA sci-fi? And I was like, I do have a YA sci-fi, but it is a TV show. Let me convert it to a comic book pitch really, really quickly. Um, and they've been very supportive of me. It's coming out through Six Foot Press. Um, it's a little small indie, so any, any pre-orders would be super helpful. Oh, it's about, um, the great, great, great descendant of Mary Shelley who finds out that she, um, Mary Shelley was actually giving her, uh, was actually, um, a, a doctor to monsters and basically Mary, who is the descendant of Mary Shelley, feels like she's really failed in the world because her parents, her mother and her, all of her, um, uh, the great lineage of, of uh, female writers that she descended from, she's never quite lived up to. And what she finds out is she actually has like an entirely different path. Um, so it's like, it's it's sci-fi, it's uh, YA, it's super fun. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's super fun. I'm really happy with it. Uh, my artist is named Yishan Lee. Um, and she did an amazing job. Her art is incredible. I'm so happy that she did it. Um, yeah, and we've been working on it for two years, so... I'm super excited. This is definitely in a lot of folks' wheelhouses. As ladies and monsters, I mean, obviously, this is something that I'm really stoked about. Yeah, and you so, know, yeah, I, actually, you- I actually put a joke, a reading glasses joke in the very end. At the end, we made some joke about how you know a werewolf is a lady werewolf if she has a bow in her hair. That's in, like, some <laughs> old episode of Reading Glasses, and I was working yes. on it at the time. And at the very last page of the book, there is a werewolf with a bow in her hair, so... I Enjoy. yeah, I remember when you sent me a little photo of it. I was like, Urgh. it's so stupid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so you can check that out in the show notes. And uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes for that as well. Before we talk about reader discussion, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part by BookNix, an interactive subscription box and online book club for kids. So if you're having a tough time, like lots of parents out there are, to keep your kids engaged in learning during quarantine, this is an amazing supplement for them. BookNix offers a curated selection of books for middle grade readers with different reading levels to give you and your kid choice. It also includes weekly emailed reading guides and monthly activities that correspond with the theme of the book to help readers engage more deeply with their books. 
we got the first box that they sent out, which is The Girl Who Drank the Moon by Kelly Barnhill, which is an amazing book and an amazing author. And it had all these this whole like cute little origami set. It was so much fun. It was so adorable. And the best part is at the end of the month, your kid can participate in an interactive teacher-led virtual book club with teachers and other students from around the country. Your kid gets to discuss a fun book with other kids. How cool is that? Get 20% off your first month at booknix.com when you use the promo code GLASSES20 at booknix.com. This is so adorable. It's so much fun. It's such a great thing for your kids. And you can get, you get to read the book afterwards if you want. So that's booknix.com. You get 20% off with GLASSES20. GLASSES. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And we host Round Springfield. Round Springfield is a new Simpsons podcast that is Simpsons adjacent. Mm -hmm. Um, In its topic, we talk to Simpsons writers, directors, voiceover actors, you name it, about non-Simpsons things that they've done. Because, surprise, they're all extremely talented. Absolutely. For example, David X. Cohen worked on The Simpsons, but then created a little show called Futurama. Mm -hmm. That's our very first episode. So tune in for stuff like that with Yardley Smith, with Tim Long, with different writers and voice actors. It's going to be so much fun. And we are every other week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This week... We're talking about reader discussion guides. Sometimes they're in the back of the book. Sometimes they're not. Are they useful? Why don't all books get them? Who writes these things? I, I, before, when who's I, I got writing it, these reader discussion guides? Who's writing these things? I got the idea for this um, way back when I was finishing Lady from the Black Lagoon and I got asked to write one. And I finally was like, wait, why don't all books have these? Yeah, what that's a good question. It's a great question. And we're going to answer it. <laughs> Bria, do you ever look at these questions? Do you ever check for them? I do not. Um, because when you're an e-reader, uh, the book, so I, I think it's like, you won't notice it as much as an e-reader cause it goes like end of book. Um, it goes like the thank you from the author and then maybe the author biography and then maybe these. And I, I don't get that far. Like I'm usually, cause usually it, it actually even does a thing on your e-reader where it'll be like, you're done with this book. Do you want to rate it after you get past the, the last page while you're in oh, the thank Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. They're like, move it along now. Move it along. You've read it. You're done. <laughs> you're finished. Um, so I don't look at these. I sometimes will look them up online when we're doing a book club. Like, that's the times I've looked them up to find, like, oh, like, has someone already come up with these? Um, which we can get to the online ones. But do, do you read them? I do. Uh, I actually really like to think about a discussion question. I think they're really, I mean, it depends on the question uh, in the book, but I think they're really interesting. And for me, they satisfy that urge I get, you know, when you finish a book and you just like want to know more, you like want to stay in that world for a little bit. You want to like your brain to be in that space for a little bit longer. Um, So if I can't talk to somebody about it, sometimes I'll read essays about it online or I'll look at the the discussion, the guided questions in the back uh, if they have them. So I always check for them. Not all books have them. We did some investigating and it seems that books get a reader guide or discussion guide in the back when the publisher is putting some extra marketing muscle into it. They want to be appealing to book clubs. So, you know, book clubs Mm -hmm. are like, what what book should we pick? Oh, this one is ready to go. (laughs) This one literally has a book club, book club guide. (laughs) Here's the guide for your book club. 
Yeah, uh, the questions are really ideal for a book club. Unfortunately, it's tough to tell if a book has a guide in the back if you're buying it online. Uh, but some publishers like Penguin Random House and Norton will list which of their books have discussion guides and actually will have the discussion guide there. So if you are part of a book club and you like, you know, have the ebook and it like it has moved you along at the after you finish reading it and you want to look at the, the questions, they're right there online. Uh, like I said a few minutes ago, so the trade paperback of my book, Lady from the Black Lagoon, um, has a reader discussion guide. And I some books get them in the hardcover, but a lot of them get them in the trade paperback because uh, more book clubs choose paperback books mm. as their um, – the, their their books to read because they're a little bit cheaper for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and my my publisher asked me to write the questions myself, and I did, and I just sort of assumed that's what everybody did. Uh, but I did some research and I asked around to some author friends, and that is not always the case. Uh, sometimes at a publisher there'll be like a designated person who writes these questions. Oh my god, uh, what a cool job! Yes, you read a book cool and you job. get to write discussion questions. That's like a rad Amazing. job. Amazing job. Uh, or they will hire it out to somebody. And it's interesting to me that it, there does not seem to be a standardized standardized process for this. They just kind of like, it's like different at each imprint, at each publisher. Wow. I hear a business idea out there. Are you a person who could write discussion questions? You could be a business. You could start this business and offer it to these companies. I don't know. You can have that. I'm not going to do it. That's for somebody else. So you, ta- you take it. You take it. Um, if you wish your book did have one, Look it up online. Uh, There might be an official one on the publisher's website, or someone may have made an unofficial one, uh, like fan fiction, but for nerds. Um, There's a site called (laughs) Lit Lovers that has them. There's one called readinggroupguides.com. I was just looking at Lit Lit Lovers personally um, because I was reading Mexican Gothic a couple of weeks ago, and um, I looked up Mexican Gothic, and they had a great guide for it. Um, It was easy to find. It made me think of, like, some of the interesting aspects of the book, too, like some things that maybe I hadn't personally thought about because like what I think that book was about is maybe different than what this discussion group thing questions think about and you know they were very general but it was also like I don't know I thought it was really really interesting and Mallory we should definitely check these out for future book clubs and think about why certain publishers are maybe pushing certain questions or why they're not pushing certain questions like that's interesting to me as well like why were these the questions chosen by the publisher versus um, just an outside group choosing them. Oh, for sure. I love that. And I think, you know, both of us read quickly. Sometimes they're just like, especially if it's like a thriller or something, and you're just like, you just want to know what's happening. You might not be absorbing 100% of what's going on in the book. And you, like you said, you just might not be thinking of certain things, especially, um, you know, we were talking, we we're doing, we're recording this episode right after we did our Jane Austen live stream where Bria had to read some, uh, some of Sense and Sensibility. And maybe if you're reading a historical fiction, there might be historical context to the book that you haven't even thought about. And this question is like, hey, this thing was happening at this time period. Like, how does it, how, how does it uh, affect what was going on in the book? There's just like a lot of different elements and aspects to a book you might not have even realized or know about that these discussion questions might make you think about. And most of time I think they really do deepen your understanding of of the book and your enjoyment of it yeah yeah definitely I think they're great uh and sometimes along with the questions the publisher will include an interview with the author uh which I also love I love checking the back of the book for extra shit only about you know only after I finished I don't you know I don't you don't want spoilers you don't want spoilers but I I do love and as you can 
especially with paperbacks or with like big buzzy books or something, you see there'll be like an interview with the author or like the author maybe like recommending books or the author talking about their process. Like I love that extra shit in the back. So I would love if any other author friends are listening to this, I would love to know uh, if you wrote your own, because it was actually really hard for me to write my discussion questions for mm-hmm. Lady from the Black Lagoon. Because like after you write a book, you're just like, I've said everything I needed to say in the book. I don't know. It would be like writing what? interview <laughs> questions for yourself. Like, you know, like yes. you're getting interviewed and you're like, okay, here's what you should ask me. Like, that's really, because you're like, well, doesn't everyone already know these things, you know, because you just yes. wrote it. Yeah, I could see that. Yes, I'm just like, uh, your brain is just completely wrung out. So you're just like, uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, I, I am happy with the questions that I chose. And I, I think I picked like nine of them. And there was no editing either. Like, I just like was like, I sent them to my editor and I was like, here are the questions. And they were like, cool. And that was it. Like, mm. and then they were like, oh, just double checking that you like all these. And I was just like, yeah, okay, cool. And that was it. So uh, I would love to, if any, if there's any person listening to this who writes these questions, we would love to talk to you. Totally. I'm totally interested in that. You can send your thoughts on reader discussion guys to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk about some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, I'm Janet Varney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, oh, high school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95, we did it! Or a time of angst, disappointment, and confusion. We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess. The truth is, it was both. So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan-Michael Key to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between. My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage. The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun. Now let's look at some book tech, advances, and bookish technology. In the Reading Glasses Slack channel, a listener named Daria wanted to know how to find books in other languages. We have got you covered. Libby to the rescue, baby. So some bookstores, especially Powell's, have decent selections of books in foreign languages, but it can be sort of tough to browse for them, especially in pandemic world when you're doing it mostly online. Uh, So we've actually found that the best resource is, surprise, surprise, the fucking library. Yeah, and in case you've been living under a rock and not listening to the show, Libby's library (laughs) app that we're obsessed with, um, it's uh, part of Overdrive, but it's basically like, overdrives like like beautiful sleek child that they gave birth to and then, then put into a manger <laughs> for all of us to enjoy um Mallory, it's a bible reference um on libby you can search for uh books audiobooks and ebooks by language um and you can further narrow your search down by searching it by genre so daria was looking for a sci-fi books in russian you can actually search for that explicitly on libby yeah, it, it's super, super cool. I was looking at Powell's and you can go to the, fo- like on their website, you can go to the foreign language section and you can go to like different, I, I think you can sort it by genre, but I don't know if you can specifically just like on, on Libby where like go look for Russian sci-fi books. And I will say looking at the Russian sci-fi books on Libby was very funny because I have no idea what they're saying, but there was like one cover with like a giant bear holding a man <laughs> and I was like, I am so desperate to know what this book is. Yeah, I want to read whatever that is. That sounds great. 
is this like a robot bear? What's going on? Yeah, it's it's really, really fantastic. And so me and Bria use the uh, Los Angeles Public Library System, which usually has a great selection. Uh, and if your local library doesn't have a great selection, like you're like, wow, I too want to read some Russian sci-fi books, but there's only like three in your local library. Remember, you can p- check to see if you have access to other library systems in your state, or you can pay for access to bigger libraries like the Brooklyn Public Library. And I will say we've seen some listeners who have done this and they are super stoked about it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I feel like that is, I mean, here's the thing, like we're living in a global world, so I think it's cool and we should be able to access other libraries with by paying a little bit of money. I think it's great. Yeah. So if you are, it doesn't matter what language you, you read in, uh, I didn't, I didn't take a specific tally on Libby, but there are a lot of fucking languages on there and there were, and you can get really super specific in the uh, Libby genre uh, section. Cause I always, I listen to almost all my audiobooks through Libby and I l- listen to almost all nonfiction through Libby, but you, and you can really get specific. Like you want, you want a nature book, you want a memoir, you want that, like you can really, uh, really search specifically and it's really really great for I think something that a lot of folks are struggling with now is like and I I see it a lot people talking about it in the reading glasses Facebook group and the Slack channel is like the missing the browsing you know Mm, missing the walking through the bookstore taking a whiff of a book to see if you're a match does it (laughs) does it have the the right the right smell the right feel the right mouth feel when you put your mouth on a book that's how you know if it's right for you although you got to be careful I will say I have been uh some like getting towards the end of working on girly drinks and I'm going through quite literally hundreds of library books and I have found a lot of weird things in my library books during the past couple of weeks. Oh. So don't don't whiff too hard because <laughs> there's some weird things in there. What was it? <laughs> Cocaine? What should I not be uh, whiffing? I, well, I found somebody's weird business card, a bunch of like weird notes that somebody had written, a really weird hair that I think is a pube. Ugh. It yeah, was like... That. <laughs> I was just it was just like this one big thick dark curly hair stuck in the middle of the page and I was just like Ugh. is this a pubic hair and of course like luckily at that page I didn't write, need to write any notes on or write <laughs> write any notes from but yeah be careful with your whiffing folks yeah um I'm also real I mean I'm a germaphobe anyway but now in pandemic world like just be careful um <laughs> don't go around <laughs> but, licking those books <laughs> but yeah so uh even if you aren't looking for uh, a book in a different language. Uh, it is, I, I saw I saw in the discussion on the Slack channel some folks who were like, "Oh my god, I never thought about looking for a specific genre on Libby." Yes, you can really get your brows on, so that might that might help uh, sort of fill the gap that a lot of us are feeling missing going missing walking around bookstores and missing walking around the library. So you can always send ideas for book tech you want us to test out uh, or book tech problems you want us to solve to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail Time to answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. Cormac writes in, I need some recommendations. My favorite author for a few years now has been George Saunders. His incredibly human writing style and his usual format of and his usual format of short stories makes it really difficult to put his books down. But now I'm pretty sure I've read all of his fiction and I'm craving more, but also trying to diversify my collection as in less white men. Please help and many thanks for your time. Bria, what should Cormac read? Um, my suggestion is something that is, I was thinking about how George Saunders kind of has like a poetic 
language style-ish. And so I'm recommending Jason Reynolds' Long Way Down. Um, I think I talked about this recently on our live stream and I realized I don't talk about it enough because I think it's amazing. It's an amazing book. It's told entirely in verse. So it's like poetry adjacent-ish. Um, and it all takes place... It's a short book, but it all takes place during it. It, it all takes place during a second, 60 second elevator ride. I realize that makes it sounds like it takes 60 seconds to read. It does not take longer than that to read. <laughs> it is a book, um, but it is maybe like, <laughs> like oh, oh, what a great book. OK, done. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a novella uh, size, size book um, and all told in like in verse. Um, and it, it is from it's basically the thoughts of a teen boy who's taking this elevator ride from the top of his building to the bottom. Um, after his brother was killed and he's trying to decide what he should do, if he, he should go after the killers, um, if he, uh, it's, a, it's like a young black boy, um, and, and whether or not that would ruin his life if he goes and kills these people in retribution. Um, and it's beautifully written. Um, it has that interesting, like, this is actually how people talk, but it's also, like, poetic in an interesting way. I, I think it's just a fantastic book, and I don't recommend it enough. Um, what, what is your recommendation for Cormac? That's a cool fucking name, Cormac. It is, it's, a, it's a good name. Mm. And um, I have actually never read any George Saunders. Mm. Uh, but I'm I also actually talking about a book that I recommended during one of our live streams. Because I was like, man, you, you know when you, like, read a book and— like this book came out three or four years ago, I think. And I'm, I loved it. And I was like, oh my God, I love this book so much. We should talk, I should talk about it more. Um, but from what I know about George Saunders' writing, I think that Cormac will like Exit West by Mohsin Hamid. Um, it, it seems like a good read-alike for Lincoln and the Bardo. Um, Cause Lincoln and the Bardo was George Saunders' novel that is like, had like some mal- magical realism elements, but was like, you know, very focused on human or like the human characters and like their thoughts and feelings. And it's, uh, it's the kind of book that has like a magical sci-fi element, which is so in Exit West, portals are opening up all over the world. Um, and but the story itself focuses on how those portals affect the individual characters, specifically these main characters are who are in a war zone in the Middle East and they're trying to escape. And so people start immigrating and emigrating <laughs> all over the world through these portals. Um, and it really delves into like the human condition. It's beautiful. It's a wicked good read. And I think it will scratch the same itches that Lincoln and the Bardot does. You, you know, it's funny. I feel like we get on these tears where we recommend the same books op- over and over again because, like, it's fun. They come to your mind in the same kind of way. Like, it's like my brain connections have connected certain book ideas. You know what I mean? Like, it's yes. all, like like they've all kind of connected certain book ideas to certain recommendations. And so, like, yeah, it's good we're both recommending things kind of like outside what we normally recommend because we, yes. we need to get like these on I'm the... I'm never allowed to talk about Priest Daddy ever again. Yeah, we need to get these on the cycle. We need to get these on the on the, on the the recommendation cycle. Yes, absolutely. So if you want us to answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy and Jessica who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks and stickers. Yes, the stickers are new. Stickers are very cute. Uh, in the Maximum Fun store, there's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. We finally reached 1,000 reviews and ratings wow. on iTunes. So exciting. Oh my gosh. We find I'm so excited about it. So if you have some ideas for what you would like us to do, we are a little bit 
event rung out after um, after the maximum fun drive, but we have promised something to do something at a thousand, uh, and we are ready to do so. So if you have ideas, send it to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. And actually, one more thing about the reviews. Now that we're like, when you look at the reviews, there's not just like an like a specific number. It just says one k. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and I think it's helping to contribute because finally, uh, you know, there's that books tab on Apple Podcasts, like like specifically like like oh look for a specific type of podcast. And if you press oh. books, we were never on there, but now we are. Ooh, that's cool. I didn't know and that. And now we're back on the top charts. Ooh, I didn't know that. So because if you so, hit, hit over a thousand k or something, yeah, I really a think thanks. <laughs> I really think, folks, that uh, now that we have hit over that certain amount of reviews, it's kicking us into a different algorithm. So thank you so, so much for that. It really means the world to us. It helps us out a lot on the show. Uh, so thank you for listening. Thank you for reviewing. And thanks for reading. Thanks for reading. <laughs>